Happy Friday, everyone, which means you're listening to the Football Friday podcast brought to you by the Morning Times and Daily Review. I'm Kirk Loveson alongside Logan Hill and David Goff. Um, Only three of the big four here today. Johnny Williams is out uh, this week. Uh, He's a little under the weather and hopefully he can get better unless his Cowboys don't perform on Sunday, (laughs) but that's to come later. Um, We want to thank the Jolly Farmer in downtown Waverly for sponsoring this episode as they always do. Uh, the Jolly Farmer, everything you want in terms of convenience store needs, whatever you're looking for to get you ready for the big game over the weekend, they got it all, beer, chips, um, any type of dips, any type of donuts for the morning as well. They got you covered with everything you'll need for the weekend and at all times. Thank you so much for the Jolly Farmer in downtown Waverly, and please check them out when you can. Oh, that's a great crack. Yeah. I love that sound. Yeah. Um, High school recap, guys. Week six is in the books. And things are really starting to shape up around the Valley and in the Daily Review area and in the NTL overall. Um, on the New York side of things, though, first, Waverly, um, they took a lead in the final minute to win a close one on the road over Shenango Forks, who's become a thorn in their side and a big rivalry over the years. They win 19-15 in that one. Sarah. It's been a struggle this season for Sayre, but they hung tough against a good South Williamsport team that came to town. And 34-6 to seems like a big score, but a lot better performance from Sayre than in weeks past. Good improvement there. Tawanda, they took down Athens for the first time since 2019. The Black Knights win that one 27-6 at home. Uh, Tioga, back on the New York side, handled another unbeaten team and on the road again. They beat Walton, the number 14 team in the state, 55-8. to the Tigers have now scored 179 points in their last three outings off to a record pace in New York State in Class D. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that as things progress over the season. Troy improves to 6-0. They beat Wellsboro 51-7. They're our tribal can. They also get to 6-0 last week. They beat up on Wyalusing 47-14. Um, Logan, you were at Canton Wyalusing. Uh, what can you tell us about that one? Well, I just keep looking ahead, and I know you don't want to look ahead. It's week to week, but I need to see Canton play Troy yeah. because they've just kind of had similar results against everybody that they've played similarly so far this year. It was a, it was a good night for the Warriors last Friday. Uh, Hudson Hudson Ward scored four touchdowns. He had three rushing touchdowns, blocked a punt, scored a touchdown. Halftime, he won homecoming king. So Yeah, the Ward legacy just continues to thrive yeah. there in Canton. Um, David, you were in Sarah. You were at the Lockhart Street Bowl. Again, we've talked about some of Sarah's struggles since coming back to having a football program this year. Um, South Williams were a good football team, expected to be up a little closer than maybe people expected over there. It was really a, it was a gradual blowout. South Williamsport had long drives to score, and uh, and when they didn't have the ball, Sarah was moving the ball. They got multiple first downs most of their drives. They just couldn't finish out most of them. And I mean, it was almost. It was very, very close from only being 14 nothing at halftime, but they had a South Williamsport had a last second score in the second quarter and made it the route that it turned up being. But you could tell Sarah was starting to move the ball. They they looked like they're definitely there's definitely improvement from where they were from the beginning of the year. Yeah, and we obviously don't ever want to sound patronizing whatsoever. But look, we knew this was going to be a work in progress yeah. for a team that didn't have a program a year ago. 34 to 6 against a good South Williamsport team at home is an improvement. I don't yes. care how it looks on the scoreboard. This team's still fighting. They're continuously getting better. And 
with the way the program is right now, that's all you can ask for. And so credit to those kids and that coaching staff for continuing to get better week to week. I'm anxious to see if that improvement continues. Yeah, well, uh, Coach Limbaugh mentioned after the game, was like, we have definitely progressed. They have definitely progressed since week one, and it's the, it's it's showing for them recently. Awesome. Just, just one other thing on Sarah, they kind of got a tough luck of the draw really to start oh, the season. Yeah. Like, like you said, is, so they, they open at Canton to start yeah. the year, and then I believe they had like – a span of three road games that were all like an hour plus away. Sure. So it's, yeah, it's exactly. an easy sled. Yeah, so they were happy said, to be home this past you week. You said yeah. building up and then throw all that in there. It doesn't make it any easier. So. Yeah. Credit to Sarah. I'm anxious to see what they keep doing. Um, so that takes care of the recap for last week. Um, thanks for everyone who's been supporting this podcast and tuning in every Friday. Of course, you can find us every Friday morning on both the morning times and daily review websites. I believe coming soon, Logan, you got some news for us. Yeah. Programming note for you for your football Friday. You should be able to find this podcast on Apple and Spotify as of this morning. Fingers crossed. We have a logo now, so we're going to get those logistics turned around the rest of this week and then should be wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And that's big for us, of course, with the support from the community and for the both paper in general and obviously thanks to the jelly farmer as well for being able to sponsor our episodes also make sure you get today's print edition it's on stands now if you're not subscribed also subscribe um you'll have football previews for all the coming games um tonight as well as i think athens is tomorrow on saturday and speaking of saturday get those print editions too because you'll have game stories from all the guys um logan dave post um David Goff, obviously, they're doing a great job this year and will continue to do so, and you can catch them every Saturday for game stories and recaps. On to week seven, but first, standings update. Got the standings, the NTL, large school first. Canton, 6-0, 4-0 in the division. They're atop the leaderboard just based on last year, I'm sure. Troy right there with them, though, 6-0, 4-0 in the division as well. Tawanda, very improved season. They're kind of uh, making us look really good here, saying they'd be taking the next step. They're four and two, three and one in the division. Mm-hmm. And like we said, a win over Athens for the first time in three years. That's a big start for the Black Knights. Wyalusing's three and three, one and two in the division. North Penn's Mansfield, two and four, zero oh and three in the division. And Athens, one and five, zero oh and four to start in division play. Um, small school, Muncie, five and one, three and zero oh in the division. South Williamsport, five and one, four and zero. Oh. Kowneski Valley, um, has had some struggles over the years. They're three and three and three and one in the NTL. That's really great to see. Northwest one and five. Sarah will go play them this week. They're one and two in the division. Montgomery one and five, one and three. Uh, Columbia Montorvo Tech one and five, zero oh and three. And Sarah, um, we've talked about their struggles. Zero oh and six, zero oh and three, but improving. Anxious to see them and Northwest get it on this weekend. That starts us off with our week seven game previews, guys. Um, Sarah on the road at Northwest. These two are kind of struggling this season. Should be a good um, indicator of where both programs are going. Um, what do you guys think in that one? I kind of I like Sarah to go get one on the road here. I think I think this is a great spot Absolutely. for Sarah. Northwest is coming off. I believe I'm going to check this after I, after my voice stops talking here in a second. But played a six zero game against Montgomery, and I'm pretty sure Montgomery beat them last week. So okay. Montgomery's closer, I think, right now to what Sarah is in terms of quality of program right now terms of putting points on the board and and playing well against other schools so i think this is a very winnable spot for for sarah to, to pick up their first of the year yeah, another good one in the ntl um troy's gonna come to tawanda um we just got done saying how much tawanda continues to make the next step forward 
every year getting better and better as a program and rebuilding back to some of those glory years. This is a tough test, though. Troy is rolling right now, putting up big points. No one's getting in their way. They're going to come to Tawanda. That should be a really good one. Um, and I believe that's where you'll be this Friday uh, tonight, Logan? Yes, that's where I will be this week. And uh, like you said, it's Tawanda's been trending overall in the right direction, the direction they want to go. I actually used their passing attack last week to get the job done against the Wildcats. Which Don't is, see that very often. Which is Troy. not something we have seen uh, out of Tawanda, that was. And then, but yeah, Troy is just wagon. Like, that's the best word I can use to describe Troy. So it, it, even though Tawanda gets them at home, it's going to be a tough task for the Black Knights. Um, Athens, they're going to get a home game Saturday night. I believe um, the homecoming parade will be Friday tonight. The game will be tomorrow. They're going to get North Penn Mansfield and David Athens 1-5, and five, but they're going to get an opportunity here against the Penn, North Penn Mansfield that's near the bottom of the NTL, too. Good chance for the Wildcats to get one on the board here. Uh, speaking of Montgomery, they're, um, they get to host Canton. Uh, that's a tough one. Tough one for anybody to host a team like Can. Um, Wellsboro is at Wyalusing. Could be an interesting one there. Um, Wellsboro, they've been putting up some fights against some of our local teams. They'll get another shot this time with Wyalusing. Spencer Van Etten is at Tioga, two teams that aren't separated by many miles. Um, I believe Spencer Van Etten is actually 4-1. and one. They were an eight-man program not too long ago. They've since made the bump up. They're looking really good. They're going to get their biggest test of the season when they play the Tigers down there in Tioga Central. And uh, Watkins Glen Odessa Montour will come to Waverly. Waverly starting to find uh, their groove a little bit. And they've, they've been in some tough ones. They're going to be well-tested by the time postseason play comes. Lost in overtime to Tioga. Win in the final minute on the road at Shenango Forks. They're going to be well-tested come postseason play. Um, looking forward to that one. I will be in Tioga for Spencer Van Etten. Uh, when they come to town against the Tigers, again, we talked about Logan. You're going to be Troy at Tawanda. David is on the road this weekend. Um, Dave Post, I'm going to guess Dave's going to be doing Waverly. I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. Dave should be at Waverly. Um, and so that is your week seven games. Uh, for recaps, for stories from all the guys on those games, make sure you get out and get both uh, the Daily Review and the Morning Times Saturday print editions. And, of course, for previews for all those, we got Football Friday Preview editions out on stands in both papers right now. Go get them, and please subscribe. That'll take us to the national level, guys. Um, we all, Of course, when you're getting ready for a football game, whether you need a beer, whether you need some soda in the cooler, chips, you know, any type of needs, convenience store-wise, you want to go to Jolly Farmer. They're fantastic. They're in downtown Waverly. Please go check them out. They got everything you could ask for to get ready for the big games Saturday and Sunday. We want to thank them so much for sponsoring this episode and all of our episodes so far this season. Shout out to the Jolly Farmer. We love you guys. Uh, college football. Penn State struggled in the first half against Northwestern. Kind of shook people, I'm sure, when they saw the ticker come across their screens. It's a peak 11 a.m. start on a Saturday against an inferior opponent on the road. Not up for it. And then, oh, oh wait, we should start playing football now. And then that's what they did. That game started at 11 a.m.? Oh. In Chicago, in Illinois. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Penn State, they, they got together in the second half. They ended up beating them 41 to 13. Backdoor cover right at the end. <laughs> nice for a lot of the betters out there. Um, Northwestern, weirdly, might not be as bad as people thought. They beat Minnesota the week prior, and they came down from 17 points in the fourth quarter to do it. They hung with Penn State in the first half. They're not a good football team, but I'm not sure they're as bottom of the barrel in the NCAA as people thought. 
Penn State, handled, Penn State is showing that they're for real with a win like that. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't get much harder for Penn State um, next week. They're off this week, but on October 14th, they'll return home to play UMass. So a little bit of, um, I don't want to say off weeks. There's no such thing in college football, but a nice little break before they start to really get into some of the big dogs in that Big Ten East. And speaking of big dogs in the Big Ten East, we got a good one. I was one. waiting for this one. <laughs> we got a good one in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. Saturday, number four Ohio State will host Logan's Maryland Terrapins. Logan's undefeated Maryland Terrapins. Unofficially number 26 in the country, Maryland Terrapins. This will be good. Undefeated Big Ten play, Big Ten East. A lot to unfold here. Um, I like Ohio State at home, but I think the Terrapins are going to cover. I think it's cool. I think I think Maryland. you haven't been paying attention to what they're cooking down there in College Park. I mean, I would be rooting for Maryland. There's oh and eight all time against Ohio State. I'm pretty sure is the number. Um, and you're right; it doesn't get any easier playing in the shoe this weekend. I believe it's also homecoming weekend for Ohio State, so that's just another added thing on it. I personally have been to the shoe one time, covered Maryland against Ohio State, and C.J. Stroud, I believe, threw five touchdown passes and like 500 yards. It was ugly. The final was 66 to 16. I think Maryland will give them a fight. If this is a Maryland home game, maybe they make some magic happen. I just, Ohio State is not, it's not like they're a bad program. Or it's not like they're in a down year. Everything points to them still being able to win this game. But I, I think Maryland will make it more competitive than maybe, I don't know, actually. I say in years past because Maryland's played Ohio State close a couple of times. Last year, it was... I believe it ended up being around a 10-point game, but it was a one-possession game going into Maryland's last possession. And then there was, of course, the year, I don't know if you guys remember, Maryland almost beat um, in College Park, missed two-point conversion. conversion. Yeah. yeah, went for it and couldn't get it. So. Yeah, and the Terps' offense looks fantastic this year. I think that's what kind of helps them keep pace. Um, they'll ultimately lose the game, but I think they keep pace with Ohio State. And this one, again, a ticker game that rolls across your screen um, at that time of day, and you go, whoa. Uh, I bet might want to turn the channel here and tune in. Um, I think Ohio State gets it done, but that's a really good game. Looking forward to that one. Number 10, Notre Dame, is playing their third-ranked opponent in a row. Um, one thing you're not going to be able to say at the end of the season about the Irish is that they didn't have a tough gauntlet. Mm -hmm. Their schedule is rough. Um, they, they dropped the heartbreaker at Ohio State. They bounced back with another right-down-to-the-wire win over Duke, who is way better than people Im yeah. um, imagine this season. Doesn't get any easier, though. They get number 25, Louisville, on the road. Uh, anxious to see a lot of Irish following here in the Valley. Keep an eye on that one. I think Notre Dame does get this one. I think Louisville is a little step down from Ohio State and Duke this season. Um, Notre Dame gets this one on the road, but kind of helps pad that resume so that maybe despite being a one-loss team at the end of this year, they might have a, a look into that college football playoff. You guys like Notre Dame or you you bucking the system here? I like Notre Dame in that one, for sure. Yeah, I think they continue. Are they still independent when it relates to conferences? When in football, they, yes. They play, what, like five ACC teams a year in their contract? But yeah. they're, they're independent. They don't have a conference record. But they're so, essentially playing an, an ACC schedule for the most yeah. part. Well, so, And that's why the only reason I ask that is, like, to sneak in at the end of the year. Like They can't win a conference championship. They're going to be a one-loss team. It's going to be tough, but if they keep putting together top twenty-five victories, it only helps. Well, yeah. they they did weirdly win. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember if Clemson won that game or not. But they played in the conference championship during the COVID year because they had to play in the ACC to play football that season. Right. 
Um, that takes care of college. Obviously, we're going to try to keep everyone up to date with Penn State as they um, continue their climb to maybe a Big Ten championship, maybe a potential college football playoff berth. Uh, get all your Penn State stuff here, and we'll keep an eye on Matt Logan's Terrapins too. Um, this is their biggest test of the season. Did we talk about Texas-Oklahoma? Texas-Oklahoma is the Red River rivalry. You're right. Thank you, Logan. Number three, Texas. Number 12, Oklahoma at the Texas State Fair. Um, it's usually a circle, can't-miss game of the college football season. Fantastic this year that both teams are undefeated. It only makes that rivalry more special. Last season, though, was about as lopsided as that rivalry's ever been. Texas blanked Oklahoma. Um, I don't think it's going to be that way this year. I think this one goes into the fourth quarter in a very high-scoring game but I still like Texas. Yeah. Texas beating Alabama the way they did has me very high on the Longhorns. This and season. on the other end of that, I don't know that Oklahoma's played Nobody, much of a competition yet. Nowhere so. near as stiff as Texas's resume so far. They'll obviously yeah. both play that same Big 12 schedule, but one thing Texas has is a win at Alabama. Give, yeah. me, the, give me Texas. Yeah. Te- Texas being good is good for college football. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely so agree. I'm, I'm in on the Longhorns this year, too. Yep. Um, NFL time. But first, uh, I want to try and... Plug everything I can here. Once again, a big thank you to everyone who supports this podcast and listens. You can find us every Friday morning on both the Morning Times and Daily Review websites. And now, thanks in part to Logan, you can get us on Spotify and wherever you find all your um, podcasts, mostly. Um, Also, please get out and support us with our print editions. It's what drives this paper. Support our advertisers. Support the community. Get the Football Friday previews today. Subscribe. Get Saturday's print edition for game recaps and stories. The guys here, Logan, David, and Dave Post, do a fantastic job. Um, Get out and support them as much as you can. All right, guys. Our favorite um, subject to get on to here, the NFL. Before Um, before we go deep into the NFL, uh, we should give David the Philly Minute. Yes, we should. Um, We are officially in red October around the Valley. It's Phillies all the time here now. David is our resident diehard Phillies fan. As is Johnny, but he's not here today. That's true. Johnny is out. Um, I'm sure Johnny was ready and reared and ready to talk about the Phillies today. Mm -hmm. David will have to take the blunt of all this. But hey, one and zero start for the Phils, right? Get us Very started, David. Well, and we're taping. We're taping on Wednesday, so this will come yeah. out on Friday. So that yeah. series, the wild card series, is could already be over. Yeah. could so, be over. So as I was, wouldn't it be over either way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, it could, the Phillies could be on, yeah. and we could be so, kind of previewing. As the Brave I, series. As, yeah. I, as I am speaking, I am very happy with the Phillies after a game on win. Hopefully this ages incredibly well over the next 48 yeah. hours. So when all of you are listening to this, I'm still very happy. But they, I don't know what much else to say except for the game one was a pretty solid win. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I it. think it's safe to say now for people that don't know, we record on Wednesdays. The pod comes out every Friday morning. We obviously have to have time to edit and whatnot to get it out. So some of these takes were will seem like, oh, revisionist history or whatever, but that's the best we can do right now. And for right now, the Phillies have a one-game lead over the Marlins, and that's what we're talking about here. Um, that series will be over by the time this airs, and the Phillies will be either on to the Braves, or this will be a heartbreaking thing to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, NFL. Um, the first segment we are going to do today, instead of the Am I Crazy, uh, we want to save that for Johnny we are going to go with player you are most surprised by and player you're most disappointed by. I'll get this thing rolling. Uh, we'll start with player you're most surprised by. For me, it's Puka Nakua, okay, wide receiver for the Rams. No Cooper Cup. 
and somehow this Rams team is making believers out of a lot of people um, in the NFL media and in NFL fan bases. 501 yards total receiving, 39 receptions. That 39 receptions ranks first in the NFL. The 501 yards of total receiving yards ranks second in the NFL. This is a receiver who just came out of nowhere and has made the most out of his opportunity with Cooper Cup out. Um, Puka Nakua is my surprise player of the season. David, uh, you go next. This is an Eagles angle more than anything. Uh, Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would have never guessed it from Philly, David. Oh, <laughs> All right. But uh, my surprise is DeAndre Swift. I, I liked when they picked him up, and I, I knew he was going to be a good player. And outside of only touching the ball twice for whatever reason during week one. And even this past week, he didn't have a big game, didn't get the ball a whole lot. But weeks two and three, he combined for like 350 rushing yards. I did not expect him to be that good that quickly. And I, I, I'm surprised by how great he's been. So DeAndre Swift comes from the Lions, correct? Yes. How weird is it that that whole situation kind of played out okay for both teams? DeAndre Swift looks like he's going to ball out for the Eagles. David Montgomery... For the Lions against the Packers, I think led all fantasy football points um, last weekend. I have the wrong Lions running back on my team. Well, that's that's Holy that's God, what like, the uproar is: is people Lions fans, people that are tuned in from a fantasy fantasy perspective, can't figure out why the Lions will not use Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, like at all, 15, 20 <laughs> times a game. But Montgomery's been good. Yeah. So. Montgomery's been fantastic. I mean, for the Lions to lose DeAndre Swift. And still look as good as they have, while the Eagles also clearly gaining another potent piece. Was was Swift a draft night trade? Do you remember? I don't remember. I honestly can't think. Of yeah, that. I don't know. I know it was right around the draft. I couldn't. I just couldn't remember if they drafted Gibbs and then dealt Swift, or if they dealt Swift. No, knowing they might want to go Gibbs. Yeah, nice surprise there for the Eagles. Uh, Logan, who you got most surprised? Um, most surprising player for you this season? Lamar Jackson. Really? Yeah. Um, me. I mean, I expected him to be good, right? They gave him all the money. He got his big deal over the offseason. Late in the, what is that called? Like the 23rd hour, the 24th right. hour, minute to midnight. Got his contract, but I had to pull up the number. So the Ravens have the best red zone offense because they have the NFL's best red zone QB this year. Inside the 20-yard line, eight total touchdowns, only one turnover, 100% catchable ball rate, and a .61 EPA per dropback, and a .65 EPA per design carry. That means expected play over average, which just means he's been pretty good. Yeah. He's been, once they get inside the red zone, he's been a touchdown machine, whether it's with his legs, whether it's through the air. Had a great showing against the Cleveland Browns defense. That was number one in the NFL coming into last week or by whatever metric you want to use. They, they were one of the top dogs. So it's nothing will probably ever come close to that 2019 season that we saw out of him. And he was literally just making magic every single week, but, but he, he, he's been good this year. If, if his, if his ball throwing skills are going to match his, running ability this season he's almost uh, you're almost unable to prepare for exactly which i mean keep it yeah absolutely surprised there uh, and keep an eye on maybe his mvp odds if this thing starts to yeah they were i mean they're one lackluster offensive showing from being a 4-0 football team right now i guess baltimore logan doesn't roll off the tongue like no it doesn't no No, it doesn't pick our own team well yeah but uh, can we just call you the wire the wire sure that's not bad I like that. Logan, the wire. Um, Quick question before we move on to most disappointing about the Ravens. What's, what's the status with Odell? 
or we kind of went to. I wish now. I knew. I, I, I wish I knew. It's it's been a very it's been a topic of conversation amongst me and my friends, and I've been perplexed by it. Is the word I'll use. Yeah. Um, I and I I lean back to it was a Baltimore podcast. It's called the Exit Fifty Two Podcast. I'm pretty sure that's where I heard this, but they're saying like. If you're expecting 17 games out of Odell, you're going to be unhappy. So sure. the, I think the number they said was 12, which I, which I can yeah. rationalize with. I was hoping for more like four in the first month of the season. So he played week one. I think he went out with an injury. Yep. Week two, or no, he I think he played all week one. Week two, he goes out with an Sad. injury, doesn't come back. He, he started, then, went out with an injury against the Bengals, and then didn't play week three, didn't play week four. So Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm gonna. I need to see him on the field, and they gave him a pretty hefty contract for the one year. So I mean, the expectations definitely needed to be tempered, just because he was coming off a year out of the game, blew out his ACL in the Super Bowl the, the year prior to that. So yeah, regardless, but, great start for the Ravens, despite not really being at full strength. So they're off to a good start. Uh, player you're most disappointed by? Let's go back around the room this time. Logan, you start. Justin Fields, and I. I don't want to just bury the guy every week on this but i mean and he had a good game against the broncos he had a good start yeah um but just he was an mvp candidate in talking circles going into this the start of this season and just the bears are a dumpster fire and as much as that is out of his control you're also the quarterback and you're also now in what was it his third year in the system now so you're supposed to take that next step forward if you haven't done so already. So that that's my most disappointing player. And like you said with Texas, anytime Texas is good, it's better for college football. The Bears being as historic and traditional of a program as they are, anytime a Chicago sports team is in the mix, it's just better for the sport. Uh, the Bears are a long, long way from that right now. David, most disappointed by? I am not shocked to say this one, but Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> the low-hanging fruit. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I'm happy he's been disappointing as an Eagles fan, but I mean, obviously they get to the playoffs and kind of a, a run last year that no one expected. So people think, oh, maybe Daniel Jones might be the real deal for the Giants. And they give him all that money, $40 million over four years. He paid. And uh, he has not lived up to that money whatsoever. Is there any part of you, and uh, the, I, the answer to this is no, because you're an Eagles fan. But objectively, <laughs> is there any part of you that starts to say, okay, if Barkley's out, what exactly does Daniel Jones really have to work with? 100%. That I, Giants team did pay him, but they haven't exactly paid anyone else to be put around him. No, yeah. as much as he has not played well, he is getting next to nothing in terms of yeah. help. Yeah. Because, I mean, I just remember seeing videos as soon as that game went final Monday night, takes the snap, there was a guy in his face one one thousand. Like he just didn't have time to get things done. He's. I don't think anyone's writing home about his arm. They're t- the first thing they're going to talk about when it comes to Daniel Jones is his athleticism more than anything. And so, you don't give him time to throw. You don't give him time to break the pocket. What are you can't ask this man to be Superman. He's not that. So he's yeah, been. And, and then yeah, he has the when he has a little bit of time, he throws right to. Whatever well, I was going to say it doesn't change your answer. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what they put around, he's still been disappointing, yeah. and so is that team. Uh, mine's um, keeping it a little local in the state of Pennsylvania. It's Kenny Pickett. Thank you. I oh, was he was in the yeah. back of my mind. Um, they're two and two now, but they just lost um, thirty to six to the Houston Texans. He's been sacked eleven times. He's got four touchdowns to four picks and a sixty percent completion percentage. That team, I've seen all I need to see. Um, until they change the quarterback room, there that team's not going to go anywhere. Tomlin, this will be his first season with a losing record. 
and it's going to have a lot to do with Kenny Pickett. I know I just said 30 to 6, but there's stuff to be um, excited about on that defense side of the ball. You still got a guy like George Pickens, who's a phenomenal athlete. Pat Fryermuth is a top 10 tight end in the NFL. Najee Harris has not performed up to what I think people hope, but he's still a guy who can run and catch the ball to the backfield. Your quarterback rooms, Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. And Kenny Pickett's not the guy. Yeah, when Trubisky is the guy, that's probably going to give you a better chance to win. You're not in a good situation. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, I believe, started a playoff game. Um, yep. So he's supposed to start this week unless yeah. things change significantly. I, I actually, Then I would say keep an eye on it and let's just see what happens because I think uh, the Pittsburgh faithful are about at their well, wits end. Well, so, and I don't know how tuned in you guys have been to it, but they're also calling for the offensive coordinators. Had oh, Matt, yeah, Matt Canada. All over the place. He's well, the <laughs> former Terp. He's been her. He hasn't right. been good. There's a lot of people who think, despite his winning record, they're ready to move on from Tomlin. Mm-hmm. That fan base is kind of all over the place with who to point blame at. I pointed at Kenny Pickett. We'll see if I'm wrong this weekend. Well, I think they have every reason to be upset, mad, whatever term you want to throw on it. They have what looks like a generational defense right now. Very, very good. TJ Watt. Top three defensive player in football, and that might be too low to say he's top yeah, three. No joke. So just yeah, they need better offensive play. Um, I believe the podcast um went undefeated this past weekend with their teams. Eagles won, Ravens won, yep. Cowboys won, and those Bills. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Uh after week one, it was Allen Stinks and the Bills are not the Bills of the past three seasons. Sitting here today, all I hear is Allen's now the best odds to win the MVP, and the Bills are the front runner in the power rankings for the Super Bowl. Weird how things change. Weird how some people that, predict it to Sunday change. Sunday could not have gone any better for you. Some people predict it, some don't. Some I, are good at this, some are. I just remember like seeing the score of that game gradually creep up for the Bills, and I'm like, Kirk must be so happy <laughs> right now. Guys, objectively, that game wasn't close. It, it was for like a quarter, right? And then it just was not anymore. And that Bills defense took a big hit. Um, Travis right. White out for the season, ruptured Achilles. But they also didn't have Jordan Poyer for that game. And they still, minus a garbage touchdown, held that offense really to only 14. Uh, it ended up They ended up getting 20, but that was really, they only going from 70 to 14, I think it's still the Bills AFC East. Um, you guys agree or disagree? After what you saw. I, I, I think so. And and that was kind of the big talking point for this game is they were going to Buffalo in September instead of playing in Buffalo in December. So and now I think they play Miami week 18 again. Final week of the season down there in Miami. Oh, no. um, it could mean the division. It might not. Um, I think the way the Bills are playing right now and the way they're trending, uh, the Dolphins are going to be playing for that wild card spot at yeah. the end of this year. I just I think they're also their defense is really bad. Who, the Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins. defense? Um, mm-hmm. That offense is really exciting to watch and still will be. I'll even be excited to tune in to watch Waddle, Tyreek, and Tua do their thing. But the Chargers game, the Bills game, there's moments for three quarters where the opposing team doesn't punt. So uh, that's something we got to keep an eye on as well with the Dolphins. But It helps that the Patriots are not good this year. Mac They're, Jones might be the worst quarterback yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, not good. And then the Jets just... Zach Wilson might have taken. I a have step a good up. question that I heard. I don't remember who put it out there. I wish I could give credit. If you were starting a franchise today, 
and the only two available quarterbacks <laughs> to start that franchise with were Zach Wilson or Mac Jones, who are you starting? It's heavy recency bias, but Zach Wilson looked good. I think he has more upside, too. Yes. I'm not sure how much better Mac Jones can get. I think that Zach Wilson has really bought in like being under Rodgers' wing this year, which I think has been beneficial for him in the big scheme of things. And then he is a more mobile option than Mac Jones. So if you're starting a franchise, if you're doing that, Wilson, look, he plays in New York City. Or New Jersey, but New York City, right? One of the biggest markets out there. He's been scrutinized. He was a number two overall pick. He wasn't, shouldn't have been picked that high. He shouldn't have started as early as he did. So he's kind of been written off a couple of times now. And and he could be talented and be sort of like a Daniel Jones where they just haven't really done what they needed to do to help him. So Also fascinating, not a fascinating game, kind of a toilet bowl type of game, but it's fascinating to me that the Jets are in Denver this weekend mm-hmm. and the Broncos are favored in that game. I'm not sure how the Broncos could be favored over anyone right now. And the way the Jets did play tough against that Chiefs team, weird weird line there, um, weird game to maybe keep an eye on. Um, and then we'll get you out of here with how well do you know your division. Uh, the standings as of today, David 12-2, and two, Kirk 10-2, and two, Johnny 10-4, and four, and after an unfortunate another losing weekend, Logan improves to 4-8. and eight. We put one win on the board, so we're feeling good about that. Uh, Logan, start us off um, in the AFC North. You got Steelers at Ravens and Bengals at Cardinals. You only got two this week. The Browns got the bye. Yes. Um, the Ravens are at the Steelers. Oh, is that's, it at, that's, it's in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's okay. a Ra- Ravens away game. Uh, Ravens win that one. They're playing too well right now. Agreed. The Steelers are too much of a mess right now. It will be close. It should probably be within a touchdown within seven points one way or the other. That's how those games yeah. seem to go. Lamar Jackson, I think, is one in two all-time against Pittsburgh. Only played him three times in his career so far, but they just have too much going going weird right now. I think the Ravens get real, this one. Real done. opportunity with the Bengals' struggles for the Ravens to get a stranglehold on this division. Oh, absolutely. And I'm just going to – are we sure that the Bengals are playing at the Cardinals? Let, I could have – Yeah, let me make sure. I had the Steelers one backwards, so if I looked at that AFC North wrong, that one could be flopped too. Let's just make sure because that will change my answer. So they are, in fact, going to Arizona. I'm going with the Cardinals. The Bengals are a mess. Joe Burrow is hurt. The Titans made them look bad. And the Titans have burned me two weeks in a row. I thought they would win the one week. I thought they would lose the next week. They did the exact opposite in blowout fashion both times. I think T. Higgins might also be questionable for this game as so, well. Yeah, so the, the Bengals... They're it, in trouble. Until Burrow is can be the Burrow of old... Because he hasn't been. He's no, been a one-read quarterback hurt. this season yep. because of his injury. So... The Cardinals are frisky. I'm going to go with them because I, I just can't see myself being let down by the Bengals once again this I week. I will say um, Joe Burrow is not beyond criticism either. I know he's hurt, but if he's going to start, he gets the criticism that comes with it. Absolutely. And he's been bad. Absolutely. Um, and that Bengals team has been bad. And he's got to take something for well, it. So, and I know we're going to get you guys out of here, but I want to propose this to you. I saw a tweet this week. It says the Bengals... Start out one and five or two and four or something like that. Declare this season a wash. Shut down Burrow, and then they go draft Marvin Harrison Jr. with a top three pick. <laughs> oh yeah, that. I think they're going to get it somewhat back on track. I just don't know if it's going to be too late by the time they do. Um, another team. There's a lot of teams to keep an eye on this season. Some people say it hasn't been great football through these first few weeks, but I think it leaves a lot of teams to keep an eye on and some very interesting things down the stretch. Uh, Johnny is not here this week. Um, 
So uh, we'll give his picks. He's got Commanders over Bears. He's got Dolphins over Giants. He's got the Rams over the Eagles, and he's taken the 49ers over his Cowboys in San Francisco. David, you take us from there. Um, What do you think about the NFC East this week? Well, I agree with Johnny with the Commanders over Bears. I agree with him with the Dolphins over Giants. And I agree with him 49ers over Cowboys. And I was almost going to pick the Rams. But the Eagles... Are your favorite team. We know. We know. It's okay. Um, they're going. To, you're going to pick them every week, right? No, I am not. I'm I'm sitting on the edge of my seat for the. Oh wait, actually, go on your spiel, and I'll have a question for you in a second. All right. Well, all of last week before the Commanders game for the Eagles, I was thinking I'm probably going to pick the Rams in this game. It just seems like you know it's on the West Coast. It's a one o'clock game in LA. It just seems like one of those games where the Eagles could just get tripped up. Well, the Eagles just won against Washington in a very ugly fashion. They're not, no one was really happy with how anything went. I feel like there's, I don't want to say there's motivation because there's motivation every week, but like there's, they're due for that complete game. And I honestly, I don't, I don't love the Rams as much as I did last week either. So I, I'm picking the Eagles. Yeah. Before you go real quick, Logan, I did say to David before um, you got in today, before we went on, I think the Eagles are due to beat somebody up pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And it might be this week against a Rams team that maybe has overperformed a little bit. What do you got for us? So from November 5th to December 17th, this is the Eagles slate. They are home against the Cowboys, at the Chiefs, home against the Bills, home against the 49ers, at the Cowboys, and then at the Seahawks. I'm absolutely wow. picking against the Eagles in a couple of those games. That's, that's what I'm saying. Wow. That's like, a I tough, absolutely, that is a tough stretch. That is late all in those the teams are I'm be picking the Eagles teams. a lot right now because it's been a good schedule for them. <laughs> like, But that's a really tough stretch. I'm pro- I, I'm already, I already know I'm picking the Cowboys in one of those games. Well, I the guess Chiefs, I'm probably picking the Chiefs. If they were going to look ab- below what that team looked like last season, now is the time to do it yeah. because it's mm-hmm. they're going to have to kick it into drive here for those next few weeks because I pretty much every team you listed there, I think I got in the playoffs. That's, that's, yeah. that, um, mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's that first team finish schedule. Like how they Ooh, finished. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's a tough one. And of course, the AFC and the NFC East mixing this year makes for some really tough schedules. Uh, the Bills are in London, um, 9 30 in the morning. Not excited about it. Um, I'm worried about a letdown spot. Wait, what game is that? Who's playing? Bills are in London for, against Jacksonville. I'm excited. I'll be up early oh. Sunday morning. I'm excited to be up to watch the game. I'm, a, I'm concerned about the letdown from the Dolphins and then have to go across the pond to a team that stayed there and is acclimated there and has been there since last week. The Ravens and it's a, a good team. The Ravens will be in London next week. A lot of London games. A lot of this London year. games. And the Jags, um, England's kind of adopted them. They'll have the majority of fan support there. I like the Bills still. I think this team's clicking a little too much right now to drop one to Jacksonville, who I think might be one of the more disappointing teams this season as it rolls on. They haven't looked as good like they did that team that surprised everyone with that comeback victory over the Chargers in the playoffs. Um, I'm a little concerned about Jacksonville, especially with Texans looking a little better, the Colts looking a little better. Um, I like the Bills in this one. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins over the Giants. They'll bounce back in Miami. Uh, The Giants are really bad. Jets at Broncos, I said that one to keep an eye on. It's kind of a toilet bowl game, but I'm just interested in it considering Vegas favors the Broncos. I like the Jets. I think their defense is too good, and I think the Broncos might be picking first overall in the draft. 
Um, and then Saints at Patriots. I like the Saints. Uh, I don't like what I see from Mac Jones. Belichick might be over the hill. Um, he's got two different people in his family on the coaching staff. They're making all kinds of weird decisions there in New England. The glory days, I think, are over. I like the Saints at New England. And that is going to get us out of here for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go out and support everyone tonight around the Valley. Check out the local team. Support the community. Thank you for supporting us. Go check out the Jolly Farmer for anything you need for game time this weekend. And we'll see you right back here next Friday morning. See you later.